everyone. Welcome to The Boot. That's right. It's The Boot. We are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to. This week, Kenan and I have been served jury duty, and we are talking about eight of the 12 angry men in 12 Angry Men, starring Lee J. Cobb, Henry Fonda, and a whole bunch of other guys that we'll talk about later. Do you want to hear something weird, actually? Always. As I was watching this movie, I was thinking about how I've never been served for jury duty, but that I would find it very interesting, even though I probably wouldn't get picked to be on a jury. And literally the next day, I got my very first jury summons. Yeah, LA is like Big Brother. They will, you talk about it, and then suddenly it's just But I didn't talk mail. about it, I just thought it was. That's how Big Brother gets you. Mind police. That's how Julie Chen gets you. <laughs> Not guilty. Boy, how do you like that? Oh, another chap shrugs his wings. All right. Who was it? Come on, I want to know. Excuse me. This was a secret ballot. We all agreed on that, no? If the gentleman wants it to remain secret. Secret? What do you mean, secret? There are no secrets in a jury room. I know who it was. Brother, you really are something. You sit here, vote guilty like the rest of us, and some golden voice preacher starts tearing your poor heart out about some underprivileged kid just couldn't help becoming a murderer, and you change your vote. <laughs> if that isn't the most sickening... Why don't you drop a quarter in this collection box? Hey, uh, come on, huh? What made you change your vote? He didn't change his vote. I did. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you want to know why? I did get excited looking him up to see how when he was born. Uh, let me guess. 18. Mm-hmm. Wait, before you say the last number, let me see it as you say okay. it. Okay. So this movie t- was made in 1957. Uh-huh. Don't look at don't look at the age. Okay. Uh I bet he was born in 18 1892. 1884. Yeah. Uh, oh well. Isn't that wild? That is that is crazy. All right, guys. Uh this week, we're doing 12 Angry Men, but we're doing it with a twist. Ken and I will pick two characters that we will both recast, and then we will each recast three of the other jurors separately mm-hmm. to give you more bang for your buck. But on top of that level, we have decided we are only casting, quote unquote, comedic actors. Yeah. Meaning actors who you predominantly consider to be a comedian rather than a dramatic thespian. And yes, we know... That Inside Amy Schumer did a special of 12 Angry Men. Did a perfect satire of this and it's, movie. And it's it's wonderful. But we're not doing... We are doing the traditional 12 Angry Men drama play, but with comedic actors. This we We don't want to cast it as if it's going to be a satire. So imagine someone decided to do a table read and then instead of picking dramatic actors, they picked some of your favorite comedians to come and read these roles dramatically dramatically because we are kind of in the age where comedians stand-ups uh sketch comedians have transferred into being some of the best thespians that we have yeah so we wanted to take a very serious movie yes and lighten it up a little bit with some not slap slapstick humor (laughs) lighten it up a little bit with performers that you know can also make you smile yeah um but before that let's talk about what's Burning up the trades here. Uh, Coming to America sequel has a director, and it's finally actually happening. Um, I got to read this briefly before we started recording this, so let me get it up. But um, Eddie Murphy is teaming up with director Craig Brewer for Paramount's sequel 
to the 1988 original Coming to America as reported by Deadline. And Kenya Barris, creator of ABC's Blackish, has also signed on to uh, EP the film, who was also, I guess, going to be – who was hired to rewrite uh, the sequel draft from the original screenwriters, Barry Blaustein and David Sheffield. And, of course, Eddie Murphy is going to return. And I guess the story is that Eddie Murphy's character, Akeem – is returning to the states after learning about his long lost son mm. and their throne and the heir to the throne of Zimunda. So I'm sort of getting flashes of like these guys saw the opening to Black Panther, yeah, and they were like, "Let's do that as a comedy for two hours." But I mean, it's coming to America. Like it's 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 <clears throat> it's before. I think it's if I'm not mistaken, this was the first time Eddie Murphy played multiple characters in a movie, and so this was pre. The clumps, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it was him at his best. Hey, boy, why are you so worried about how you look anyway? Well, I am trying to gain the interest of a certain young lady. You got to go through a papa. See, that's a big misconception. People don't know that about American women. Ain't got nothing to do with your hair or your pocket. You get in good with the father, you home free. Like a bird. I'm trying to look up how it ended, because I haven't seen this movie in a really long time. I don't remember how it ends. Um, real quick, the end of the movie, spoiler alert. Of a 40-year-old movie. Um, So he finds love in America. He goes back to Zamunda Mm -hmm. where they live happily ever after. Sort of a – who's the royal princess? The American princess? Meghan Markle. Meghan Merkel. Sort of a Meghan Merkel situation. Merkel. Markle. Markle. (laughs) Merkel. Mankins. Megan Merkel. (laughs) (laughs) Meghan Markle. Um, And now they've been gone for a while. Here's the thing that I don't understand – why does he have a kid in America? That's a really good question. What the hell was going on here? Yeah. Prince Akeem, King Akeem. So I guess we'll Some find out. shady <clears throat> business. What do we think of Eddie, what if if the, him, Eddie What Murphy? if the plot of the movie was that he gets an email? <laughs> From an American. <laughs> you following me here? I am. And he says, please deposit $500 into this account. Can I, if they If that joke is in this movie... I will – I don't know. I'll buy you a, the, a cruise of a lifetime. I don't really know. Like, <laughs> Okay, yay! <laughs> like, Because I can totally see that joke in the script. I don't know. Is there anything else we want to talk about this, uh, this movie here? I mean I think this is good news because this is one of those uh, reboots that has been – or sequels that has sort of been thrown out for a long time but hasn't really – gained any traction and so now there's a director it's really gonna happen we're gonna hopefully get some quality eddie murphy quality eddie murphy when was the last quality eddie murphy we got don't say shrek no i think it might be shrek <laughs> i'm not putting in a shrek clip. and in the moment i'll make waffles. you said the clumps right i would like to volunteer to take this old bird out of her misery Jesus. Don't you dare say something like that about mom oh, no, you ain't gotta protect me from cleaver come on cleaver you walk over, but you're limping back. <laughs> um, okay. Well, <laughs> what's next? Well, it just so happens that there is a Final Destination reboot happening in the works with uh, two of the writers of several of the Saw movies. Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan will be writing a sixth Final Destination movie. If you've never seen Final Destination or have no idea what it is. Where have you been? Yeah, they're uh, reimagining the original franchise with new creators. And I'll say this. I think 
when I first read this, I thought, sure, why not? Final Destination is such a fun series. Seriously, if you don't know what it is, uh, the villain in Final Destination is death itself. Uh, it's generally about a group of teenagers who cheat death in some way, shape, or form and then spend the whole movie trying to run from it uh, as it slowly catches up to them in strange and wonderful and gruesome ways. What if it was our time? What if we were not meant to get off that plane? What if there is a design that it's not finished? I knew I should have hit on Tammy in the pool that time. I think I'm souring a little just on reboots of horror movies because I saw a little movie called Escape Room this weekend, which is about a group of people mm -hmm. who go to an escape room that tries to kill them. Spoiler alert. And it was wonderful. Really? I don't mean to praise it too much, but at the risk of sounding like a pool quote, it was the most fun I've had at the movies in a long time. And I can see myself watching Escape Room 2, 3 four and five in the future. And it got me really excited for fresh original properties uh, with new characters and new ideas. And so as much as I love some of the Final Destination movies, I really want to see our generation come up with our own franchises. Yeah, I I don't not to sound kind of glib, but I like I don't care about this remake. Okay. I'm reading through this article and it says that these writers, they penned the upcoming scary stories to tell in the dark for CBS films, which mm -hmm. are books that I loved as a kid. Yes. And scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And like you said, like these are new kind of horror franchises that I, that those are the kinds of things that I would be excited about because they're, you know, they harken back to my childhood. But like you said, like new fresh takes on how to scare people and sort of new horror concepts. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think like we should be going through new new territory yeah you know um because we just talked about what Candyman mm -hmm. and uh i mean resident evil is not really horror but um but we just got done with a, a reboot of halloween and and there's always somebody talking about rebooting friday the 13th or creating a new nightmare on elm street yeah. and and i i love all those characters but at the same time like where are our horror villains yeah, like new ones? You mean like new ones? Yeah, because it's like yeah. the Pantheon is stuck. It seems like it's stuck in the 80s. Which is not to say that they don't exist and that people aren't trying to um, – I mean some might consider – I mean the uh, series itself, I don't think there's more than two of these movies. But people might consider like the villain in Wolf Creek to be a big one. Um, Sam, the little pumpkin kid from Trick or Treat, I think is known as a pretty big uh, yeah. horror icon. Um, I mean, honestly, I think The Conjuring is as close as we've got. The yeah. Conjuring universe that's been created is as close to our own property that that uh, our generation can call our own. But it, it doesn't have um, – I don't know. I think it, like it's – if we had really put more money and, and energy behind something like Slender Man, like that could have been cool. Yeah. Um, hopefully yeah. us. Hopefully us has some – because there's some Hopefully weird makeup stuff cool. in there. Like truly, truly, I loved Escape Room, and I sincerely hope people go see it. I think it's done really well at the box office, and I think we're going to see more of it. And I, I hope that whatever masked villain we saw there can become, uh, can become the new death. I guess we have Jigsaw. We do have Jigsaw. Yeah. Um, okay, well, uh, let's get into our recast of Twelve Angry Men. Did you ever see a knife fight? No. You? No. Anybody here ever see a knife fight? Oh, I have. Switchblades came with the neighborhood where I live. You'd say the boy was pretty handy with a knife. Mm-hmm. 
You think he could have made the kind of wound that killed his father? No. Now with the experience he'd had all his life handling these things, I feel he'd have gone for him underhanded. How do you know? Were you in the room when the father was killed? No. Neither was anybody else. What are you giving us all this mumbo-jumbo for? I don't believe it. I don't think you can determine what type of wound the boy might or might not have made since he knew how to handle it. Right? What do you think? I don't know. 12 Angry Men was directed by legendary director Sidney Lumet, 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 uh, who directed such movies as Dog Day Afternoon, Serpico, Network, the original Murder on the Orange Express, mm-hmm. this classic film. Um, so the way that we're going to go through this is we're going to go by juror number. Which we apologize in advance for the fact that we don't know any of these characters' names. Because they don't have any. Because they don't have names. Um so we'll just do our best to describe <laughs> them. Um, Ken and I are both going to do juror number three, played by Lee J. Cobb, who we're calling the angry one, and juror number eight, played by Henry Fonda, who we're calling the good one. And then we're also going to do juror number four, played by E.J. Marshall, who's in, <laughs> aptly named the not sweaty one, or I guess the the more the suited one, I guess. Um, juror number five, played by Jack Klugman, the poor one. Juror number seven, played by Jack Warden, the sarcastic one. Juror number nine, played by Joseph Sweeney, the old one. Juror number 10, played by Egg Begley, the father of Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> as, uh, this is a poor name, the bigoted one, but that's all I could think of. Uh, juror number 11, played by George Vescovic, a.k.a. the foreign one. So I know this is all going to sound, you know, kind of loosey-goosey here, but we're going to try and do our best to remind you who exactly the frick we're talking about. Um <laughs> So I don't have any notes on this movie. I remember I watched this movie when I was, uh, I think, like 14. Wow. And it was uh, – it stunned me. It, like, shocked me how 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 good it was, you know? And then I rewatched it last week and I was just like, man, I, I feel like I should watch this movie every year. It's, it's just really – it's really a great movie. There were so many times that I – Uh, I'm not a very active movie watcher, but there were so many times that I gasped, I think, because it felt disrespectful not to. Because there were just so many great moments where you're like, ugh, these men are so angry. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like everyone everyone sort of thinks that like when you get summoned to jury duty that this – that you're going to be juror number eight. You're going to be the good one coming Mm -hmm. in and being like, no, no, no. You guys didn't see what I saw. This person is innocent and we are saving some – it's not. It's it's hell on earth. <laughs> Our system is broken. That's true. Um, so we're going to try and uh, do something a little differently here and we're going to – we cast comedian or comedic actors to kind of fill these roles because we wanted to see uh, how well they could stretch into these – around these uh, dramatic uh, mm-hmm. um Archetypes, I guess. So why don't we start with mm. Lee J. Cobb, who plays juror number three, who um, also plays the police detective in The Exorcist. And in my head, I kept being like, oh, interesting. I didn't what, think about that. What if, since we never know the name of juror number three. Right. Or any, really very much about any of its names. What if this experience for Lee J. Cobb led him to go change his life? Because he walks down the stairs at the end of it. Yeah. Completely shaken that he was about to send an innocent man to death. He's the last one walking out. You see, he's very somber. And so he decides, you know what? I'm going to go into police detection mm. and right my wrongs. And he <gasps> moves to Washington, D.C. and investigates a little case about Reagan McNeil, McNeil, <laughs> 
and why this so many dead bodies keep ending up outside her window. That's just how I kept thinking about it. Oh, that's exciting. I like that. I think we should give backstories to everyone (laughs) because I have a theory about Henry Fonda. Oh, okay. It's fascinating that this movie was made so long ago enough that as uh, when you look all these actors up on IMDb, you see things and you're like vaguely familiar with some things that they've done. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of liked that they felt a little faceless because then you look at them and you're like, eh, this could be you. You think he's not guilty, huh? I don't know. It's possible. Well, I don't know you, but I'm betting you've never been wronger in your life. If you're wasting your time, you ought to wrap it up. Supposing you were the one that was on trial. Supposing you talk us all out of this and uh, kid really did knife his father, huh? But they're so well structured. Like every single one of them has such a great type. Mm-hmm. That is, it's really a masterclass in like how to write. I know this is going to sound really droll, but like how to write characters. But it's like they all, they all sound different from one another, and they yeah. all flip at different moments because they're all individually, you know, convinced. Which I think is amazing. And I don't know if like many, many movies take that much time to kind of really examine people as, you know. And it's fascinating because I don't think you I don't think you think that it's going to go the way it does. And in in order of who sort of moves across the line. Yeah. Um, But it is really cool how at each step, uh, like you really have no idea why anybody is going to change their mind. Okay. Why don't why don't I start with juror three? Because then it'll be my juror okay. three, your juror three, and then you can do four. Okay. Then I'll do five. Okay. No one's doing six. I'll do seven. Okay. You'll start eight. I'll mm-hmm. do my eight. You do nine, ten, eleven. Yes. That works out well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um I'm gonna be upfront with you guys. I don't know how well these actors will bend to the rule, but I'm gonna argue for my picks. For them being co- comedic. comedic? The first the first Okay. My first one, yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to argue this, but. I'm curious before we even like get to the names, I'm curious if any of us cast an actor for two different parts. Oh, like we pick different ones. We might have. There's one guy I think that we both maybe have picked. (gasps) Um, I, so I picked Vince Vaughn, who Mm -hmm. is now a dramatic actor, true detective. Yeah. Once you do True Detective, there's no going back. The weird action movie where he is a prisoner. Attack on Cell Block, block Six or, or something. something like that. Yeah, but I'm um, talking swingers. I'm talking <laughs> old school. I'm talking wedding crashers. This man was and still is probably one of the most premier comedic actors. Yeah, that was had. just to clarify for everyone. Our our ruling was they either have to be most well known for their comedic parts or have j- gotten started in their career as a comedian or a comedic actor. Was so they can have turned. Uh, yeah, like a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, okay. So, I think in our heads we think of Vince Vaughn as a dramatic actor, but I really remember when he was announced for True Detective season 2, yeah. people were like, "What the fuck are you, you talking about?" You say that like that wasn't like just 3 years ago. This wasn't 15 years well, it ago. It really feels like it cuz True Detective season 3 just came out. Yeah. And it it really does feel like th- like that span of time we've just completely forgotten about detect- t- True Detective season 2. Well, that's because nobody understood it. But 
I do think that's a mark, though, of a great choice for something like this because he is very funny and he is a comedic actor. But I would say, and I was actually telling this to someone today, I think that there was much wrong with season two, but a lot of it was in the writing and that there were some great performances in True Detective season two. And he, I would put as one of my favorites um, because I just don't think I fully expected him to go where he went. Yeah. Um, and so I buy it. Great. So he's in. He's in. He counts. He's in. So the reason I picked him is like you need to find an a- an actor, a comedian, or an actor who can play that anger because the mm-hmm. angry one isn't really angry to start. Mm-hmm. He's just angry as soon as he can't leave as soon as justice isn't be- justice in quotes isn't being served mm-hmm. then he just kind of starts freaking out the kid is guilty why don't you listen to the facts tell him will you well, this is getting to be a joke the board is eight to four favor of guilty and what is this love you're underprivileged brother week or something and it's really a battle between the ideologies of Juror 3, the go- the angry one, and Juror 8, the good one. And so I wanted someone who I know who could just get like really steamed and okay. still pull off the end because he's the last to, he's the last to flip his decision. Yeah. And you realize it's because he's lost his own son and he's somehow blaming his own life on this kid that mm-hmm. he's just, you know, murdered his father. So it's so there's a lot of personal issues. So this comedian also has to hit that like really emotional moment at the end. So it's like, okay, yeah. Um, Vince Vaughn has done a lot of drama, but he's still a comedic actor. And I know that he can pull off that landing at the end Mm -hmm. if we're adhering to the script. So that's why that's my case. I'm sticking to it. I'm an innocent man. If you were going to be on trial for something, what do you think it would be? On a tax evasion. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, thanks for your honesty there. <laughs> just being poor. <laughs> just being poor. Oh, um, interesting. Um, yeah, no, I, I I think you defended him very well. You didn't really have to. I know. I'm just I'm... nervous. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, no, yeah, I think Vince Vaughn is a great choice. And you're right that ultimately uh, – here, because this is something that this character, the actor playing this character, really has to pull off is that much of, okay, this is I'll say this is the only time I'm going to talk about toxic masculinity this whole podcast. Oh Christ! <laughs> no, all I'm going to say is that ultimately, I think that there has to be a moment where we realize that much of the reason that he is angry and that he's probably egging a lot of people on in the room is that everybody just wants to reach a consensus. They don't want to reach the right uh, or the best choice, which I think is kind of a a very um, male oriented idea that ultimately like if, if he can bully everyone into just getting out of the room, that's his ultimate goal. Yeah. I mean, also like, uh, people these days just don't want to be wrong. I don't know if that's just that's a, ma- a male thing. Like people just like hold on to it. I don't think that's entirely male, but I do think it's something that, uh, uh, men are more likely right. to fall victim to. Like I argue that Del Taco is better than Taco Bell and I, I will die on that mountain. <sighs> really? Yeah. I love Del Taco. I, I'm I'm gonna be honest and say I've never had Del Taco, but I, <gasps> but I 
would die on the hill that I think Taco Bell is one of the best fast food restaurants out there. I had this conversation the other day, like best fast food places versus like best fast food items. I don't think they're the same. Like McDonald's no, wouldn't crack my top five places, no, no, no. but a, ba- a sausage, egg and cheese biscuit with like a hash brown shoved in the middle. Is like incredible. Like French McDonald's French fries top lots of lists, but on the whole, I would never. Yeah, I don't ever go on a McDonald's. And I think also I tend to. uh, This is what our version of Twelve Angry Men would be about. I think also I tend to think that it doesn't matter how gross it is because Taco Bell's disgusting, but it's also amazing. And you just have to be okay with the fact that you know diarrhea is in your future. Okay, who did, who did you pick for the angry one? Juror um, number three. This one was actually probably the toughest one for me because it is kind of hard to pick a comedian that also just has this energy. Um, and so I picked Jack Black. Hmm. Which I think I, I struggled a little bit with because when I thought about him as a comedic actor, I was like, no way. He's too nice, jovial and funny to come off. And then I thought about him more dramatically. I think you could definitely get him riled up. And I I want to see him stretch that muscle and be a little bigger in a different way than he usually is. And I believe in Jack Black. (laughs) Um, I would watch this. Uh Uh-huh. I don't think I've ever seen Jack Black play this kind of angry before and no. i feel like it would be one of those things where you watch it you'd be like i don't like this jack black like because <laughs> you never see him mad and it's always like right. when you know when the nicest people get mad they get fucking mad what's the matter with you guys you all know he's guilty he's got to burn you're letting him slip through our fingers slip through our fingers are you his executioner i'm one of them you're a sadist <laughs> You don't really mean you'll kill me, do you? It could really be like unsettling, which could work in your favor. So I would, I would definitely watch it. Like I'm imagining us, like we're not. I know we're. This is a movie reboot thing, but this is definitely something in my head where it's like this is like a table read. You know how they do like table reads at like mm-hmm. I don't know the fucking ArcLight or yeah. You know what I mean? But like if it was yeah. like Jack Black playing the angry juror, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'm, I'm here for this. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see if we can sell this idea to Let's someone. See. Yeah. Who's out there? <laughs> Are any of our bosses listening to us? Probably Don't they not. hear our good ideas? Probably our free not. ideas that we just give to the internet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's move on to juror number four, which is uh, – your what did you oh, do? The not sweaty one. He's the not sweaty one. That's a great line where he's like, "Don't you ever sweat?" No, no. Also, I I love honestly. I think as a filmmaking move, it's so great to initially be like, "It is so hot and sweaty in this room. It's so muggy in this room. You can like feel it with them." Honestly, if there's one way to make me feel incredibly uncomfortable, it's like describe a warm room, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm already sweating." We're literally in the warmest room. All the time. Yeah. Oh, in the summer, it's unbearable. <laughs> um, okay. So this one was also kind of tough because this characterization is very odd. Um, because you – this man is very logical and very fact-based 
And he, unlike some of the other jurors, is not driven by his emotion to believe that this person is guilty. He fully believes that the evidence presented makes this man guilty. And so it really takes a strong piece of evidence for him to flip his vote because he's like, there were witnesses. How did his uh, how did the man in the building even hear it? Like he has got it down pat, he thinks. And so it takes him a really long time to switch. And I don't know, I th- I kept trying to, I think, picture someone physically who would adapt that sort of uh, buttoned up, um, very serious, but not um, overly emotional the way everybody else sort of is. So I went with Zach Woods of mm. Silicon Valley. Silicones. Lady uh, Ghostbusters. Of Lady Ghostbusters. Let's not call it Lady Ghostbusters. Let's just call it Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Whom, yeah. Whom I love <laughs> as a comedic actor. I'm on board. He he can definitely play someone that that uh, strong in their convictions. I think he's in The Post, and I think he shows up as like a lawyer. I saw that movie. And- it's like he shows up with Jesse Plemons, and they're like the lawyers. Jesse Plemons and they're- is in that- did you or did you not see the post? I saw it. I went to the theater. I thought it was good. They show up as they're the Washington Post's lawyers and they're like That movie's about the Washington <laughs> <laughs> But okay, so I think I think Zach Woods could play that someone that's just like someone who's just like adheres to the facts and only the facts, and until you change right. him on the facts, he won't budge. He had three months from the night of the murder to the day of the trial in which to memorize them not difficult for a lawyer to find out what played at a particular theater on a particular night. I'll take the testimony of the policeman who interrogated the boy right after the murder, when he couldn't remember a thing about the movies, great emotional stress or not. He seems like someone who just, someone I mean, he's very type A, right? Decidedly not sweaty. Very dry. Very dry. <laughs> dry. So we should call him the dry one. The dry one. Um, yeah, I like that pick. I love Zach Woods in anything. I would yeah. watch Zach Woods, uh sit and be quiet for fucking four hours i'm certain i've said this before but have you seen the video he made for conan o'brien after he got his wisdom teeth taken out oh no 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 (laughs) i'm thinking of the thomas middleditch video that they played on conan where he does a mcdonald's ad it was before he was famous he's like before thomas middleditch was famous. yeah he's like chicken mcnuggets y'all chicken what is it he's like (laughs) Chicken mcnuggets y'all chicken mcnuggets y'all and now he's got that verizon money yeah what what video what's zach wood's video he made a video for Conan right after he got his wisdom teeth taken out. So he's like drunk on meds. And, and and given the characters he plays, you wouldn't think he's this like wildly laugh out loud funny mm-hmm. guy, but he is. And so he is just he's talking to you have to look it up, yeah. but it's wonderful. OK, uh, juror number five. That's who, you who I've dubbed the poor one. The poor one. Um. I'm just going to repeat everything you say. Okay. <laughs> so the reason I picked that is because he has a scene where he reveals that he – Where he up. literally pulls his pockets inside out. <laughs> Moths fly out. Moths fly out. <laughs> no, but it's, he's someone who uh, – he admits that he comes from a similar background uh-huh. than the victim. And I guess for those less fortunate, mm-hmm. that is could possibly be a topic of – or a very sensitive topic. Yeah. He says he grew up in the slums. Yeah, and so, so here's something weird about my cast. I'm going through all these comedians that I love Mm -hmm. and trying to like put them in in this thing. They're much older now. 
which just reminds me that I'm much older now, right? Like when I when I thought of a, a comedian, they were like, I was like, he's 56, he's 60 years old, he's 70 years old. And I was just like, oh my God, like time is a motherfucker. So <laughs> Brian would, is having a mental breakdown I am. right in front of my eyes. So with this actor, I wanted to pick someone who was a little younger who maybe would be more empathetic to the type of person who would be on that defendant's chair. Mm -hmm. And also the kind of guy who would like know, because he also like knows about the switchblade, how you would use it. Like he would know kind of like what that kind of environment is. I'm not saying this actor is from that environment. Okay. I'm just, (laughs) I don't, you don't, secret of acting kind of, you don't actually need to be (laughs) from the place of the, of the character you're playing. Mm. What method is that? Um, (laughs) Pretend, I guess pretend. Um, So I picked a comedian whose star is skyrocketing, but I think who, and I don't know if he's yet to delve into the drama pool yet, Mm -hmm. but I think he, he's capable of such talents. I picked Gerard Carmichael. Love Gerard. Thank you. On my sheet, I'm writing down all their comedies. Mm-hmm. So Gerard Carmichael from Neighbors and Transformers The Last Night. He's in Transformers? Yes. Huh. And He also uh, had his own show. The, the, the Carmichael show, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like he's soon to probably pick up a drama movie very, or a or a spot on a TV show. Like, it's not outside of his realm. I like a think. Black Mirror episode I could see yeah. him totally do. But just to, to be sort of a younger voice than the other cast that I have who are, are much older than him. Because he's also one of the first to sort of flip. And I think that's – I think a younger juror might f- flip a little sooner yeah. than an, old, an older one. I've lived in a slum all my life. I mean, wait, wait a wait, minute. Sh- please, I've I played in backyards that were filled with garbage. I mean – Maybe you can still smell it on me. Now listen, Sonny. Come on now, there's nothing personal oh, about no, there this. There was something oh, personal. Come on, fella, he didn't mean you. Let's not be so sensitive. Uh, this is something I thought about a lot, that there is a certain generation of comedians that I think that the comedy is so dry and so informed uh, by their own <laughs> – this is dark – but by their own um, inner life Yeah. that it's not uh, – it, it's just very um, – what am I trying to say? It's very inwardly focused. And so it can be a little dark. And so it's easy, even though it's very funny to be like, eh, I could see you playing opposite of the comedic version of that. Yeah. And for him, I think that that works. He's one of my favorite standups. Great. Mm-hmm. Great. I'm glad you enjoy it. Weird. This is strange. But a friend of mine and I, towards the end of my time in grad school, went <laughs> To see him several – I've seen him do stand-up quite a bit and I feel like it got to the point where like we would see him at like an event or like at the Laugh Factory or the Comedy Store and there just came a point where I was like, I feel like I could walk up to him and be like, hey, we're friends because I felt like I had just seen him so much. We're not friends. <laughs> not at all. I just felt like I knew him. I don't. Um, juror number seven. Which is the sarcastic, the joking one, the sarcastic one, the bored one. He's got a game to go to. He's got a baseball game to go to. Yes. The one with the hat. Oh, right, right, right. He's at the round. Okay. So juror number seven, the sarcastic one played by Jack Warden. This was probably the first actor that I thought of immediately (laughs) when I chose this juror. I just needed someone who just absolutely wanted nothing to do with what they were doing. Okay. And would 
honestly just tear everyone apart for drawing out how long it's taking them to come to a decision. Yeah. For external reasons, you know, selfish reasons. I want to get to a baseball game. Yeah. And then just changes their mind because he sees the way the wind is blowing and he just is like, fuck it. I don't care. I don't want to. Yeah. And then when he gets challenged, he's like, I don't have to. I don't have to do that. I I, I don't have to explain (laughs) myself to you. I can just sit here and say, that's how I'm voting. I went with Bill Burr. Yeah. From, uh, again, I'm only using their comedy references. Creator of F is for Family. He has uh, the Bill Burr podcast. He was a performer on The Chappelle Show. I don't know if he wrote for The Chappelle Show or if he was just on it. But a very funny guy. Probably Mm -hmm. the most successful comedian. It's like Kevin Hart probably is maybe making a little more money than Bill Burr right now. I think Bill Burr is like huge right now. Really? He just sold out like Madison Square Garden. Oh, wow. Um, And I think he just did another – I think that was his special. Mm-hmm. Um, but ever since Louie just fell from grace, I just yeah. feel like it just opened it up for Bill Burr to kind of just step in and be like, I'm the angry white guy who says fucked up shit now. <laughs> you got to watch the fucked up shit, though. And, well, as long as it's not. It's got to be the right fucked up shit. Right. Um, um, so that's who I picked. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but like his drama credits include like Breaking Bad. He was yeah. just in um, that Hugh Grant, the Hugh, Hugh Grant movie, uh, Hugh Jackman movie. The front runner. Oh. And he played a reporter from Kenna, The Washington Post. That movie's about The Washington Post, too? <laughs> Actually, I don't know if he was from The Post or not, but. <laughs> so many movies. So many movies. I movies. just listened to a podcast about Watergate, and a lot of that was about The Washington Post, too. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know a ton of uh, Bill Burr's, I think, com, com, straight comedy, necessarily. Of course, I saw him in Breaking Bad. Who didn't see Breaking Bad? Um. That just <laughs> sorry, that just reminds me of this vine that I think about all the time of this guy being like, uh, <laughs> you haven't seen Breaking Bad? And the guy next to him is like, yeah, I have. And then somebody walks into the room and he's like, you haven't seen Breaking Bad? <laughs> um, who hasn't seen Breaking Bad? Who's um, on Vine? <laughs> you guys remember Vine? Honestly, I feel like I'm falling in that part of the generation. I'm an unfortunate millennial that's like, yeah, I was on Vine. Deal with it. <laughs> Um, okay. I don't know much about Bill Burr. I do remember he had a, he did like a little bit. I really enjoy Pete Holmes show on HBO crashing. Oh yeah. 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 It has a little bit there and I enjoy him. Um, but I think as a, as a tonal choice, you're right in the pocket. What are you basing it on? Stories this guy made up? You ought to write for one of those kooky detective magazines. You'd make a fortune. For crying out loud, the kid's own lawyer knew he didn't stand a chance. Right from the beginning, his own lawyer knew it. You could see it. Juror number eight. This is the big one. The big one. The big fish. The one. Henry Fonda. The man responsible for this entire movie being two hours. If he had just (laughs) voted guilty, this movie wouldn't exist. So... Oh, that reminds me. We're supposed to be coming up with backstories. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, didn't you have a backstory for... I thought it would be the best if they all leave... And Henry Fonda just disappears. <laughs> He's a spirit. And then they're all like, juror number eight. There was no juror there number eight. There was no juror number eight. There hasn't been a juror number eight in <laughs> 25 years. Uh, I would love it if the defendant did murder his father and Henry Fonda <laughs> was a massive serial killer, like a Ted Bundy type. And he was just like, I ain't, ain't going oh to – I'm not going to rat out on one of my own. <laughs> this is a complete – Divergence, but have you seen the show You on Netflix? 
Oh, it no, stars no. Penn Badgley from Gossip Girl, and he's stalking this girl. Why is Zac Efron playing Ted Bundy? Penn Badgley should be playing Ted Bundy. I, I guess because uh, to a layman, they would go, who is Penn Badgley? I think there's a very niche amount of – it's sort of like the Leighton Meester conundrum. <laughs> Like why also is it, a gossip girl, right? Why Cast is it, why aren't these two people more things? I don't know because he's very charming. He's he's very handsome. He he's, looks like Ted Bundy, and they even have him like styled very similarly in the show, and he's doing the same thing. Why is Zac Efron playing Ted Bundy? Because Zac Efron is a bigger star. I'm sorry. It's just it's it's a it's a shame. Um, because Zac Efron is a comedic actor who's trying to turn into the drama. Do we consider him a comedic actor? He started as a child actor. Yeah, and then he did a, a run of raunchy comedies. That's true. Well, he did a run of but he some, also some did nice like, rom-coms and then turns into the raunchy comedies because he's older now. And they, they were like, we need you to swear and take off your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he goes from like 17 again as much as to possible. basically neighbors to then like Baywatch. But he has done some more like serious – Oh, yeah. He did like Water for Elephants. No, is that huh? him? No, that's that was Robert Pattinson. That's Robert. He did the – um. well, he was just in Greatest Showman, but he did a movie about Orson Welles that was directed by Richard Linklater that nobody saw. I don't even know about that. But I, it's I, – anyway, it's just a thought I had this week while I'm watching you on Netflix. Um, Who'd you pick? Juror 8. Okay. This one might be a little – I picked a couple of bigger names and then ultimately I decided that I didn't like that v- the vibe that they had uh, because I really just wanted someone who is the absolute everyman but who clearly has something under their skin about needing to know that they've covered all of their uh, – Bases. Base. Thank you. Bases. Um, <laughs> and so I picked Mike Burbiglia. Mm, love me Mike Burbigs. Love Burbigs. <clears throat> um, because he is someone who is incredibly funny, but who in his moments of drama in film has really been impressive. Yeah. Um, and so I think I can just see him sort of looking at this group of men and being like, but guys – do we know for sure that he did this? Because if we don't. We would do something awful. It's <laughs> <laughs> my Mike Birbiglia. Um, I love Mike Birbiglia. I, I don't think Mike Birbiglia has ever convinced anyone of anything. <laughs> Except that he's amazing. His show on Broadway his, is doing incredibly well. His, his last couple of like um, – they're not really stand-ups. They're like storytelling shows. They're, yeah. They're incredible – they're incredible. And uh, don't think twice. Amazing. Great movie. Um, that is a very strange choice for an okay. actor who I love. Because <clears throat> I guess here's why. Because Henry Fonda plays it as like, we don't know. You know, we just don't know. And you can't say otherwise. Like, they, there's room for doubt. And I feel like Mike Berbiglia would be... A little more tortoise to everyone else's hair. He'd just be like, um, I just don't know. <laughs> I There's think- no way. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it's not registering for me, but I love, love, love Mike Burbank. Okay. Okay. 
I think he's great. And I think it would be because int- we're asking them to stretch. Right. That's Don't true. put him in a box. That's true. Don't tell him what he can and can't well, do. Compared to your pick, my pick is probably the safest choice of everyone I picked then. Who did you pick? Um, I picked Jim Carrey. Okay. Because I feel like Jim Carrey, no matter what, would always see the good in other people. Mm-hmm. And that's why he would probably waver on a lot of things. I don't. It, it's not that Jim Carrey would never find someone guilty. It's the fact that juror number eight goes out of his way to yeah. find evidence to – he goes out, he finds evidence contrary to what the defense has given him or what the prosecution gave them. He like finds the sw- the exact same switch knife, which is like a big moment in the deliberation room. I went out walking for a couple of hours last night. I walked through the boys' neighborhood. I bought that in a little pawn shop just two blocks from the boys' house. It cost six dollars. Maybe there are ten knives like that, so what? Maybe there are. But that's an interesting observation because much of what I think he's good at, though, is the more psychological game, which is not necessarily saying, here, look, this is why it can't happen. What he's saying is, here's the evidence we've been presented. Are we sure that makes sense? And then through essentially looking at all these pieces, he gets everyone else to look at it and be like, well, no, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Because like he doesn't he doesn't generally have to be the one to be like um, like, yeah, he's the one who physically like walks out the steps. But it's not like it's not necessarily his idea. Everybody's like, let's try it. Yeah. Like, it, OK, like if we're going to really look at this, let's look at it. Um, And I th- yeah, I think it's but not that I'm saying Jim Carrey would be a bad choice. I think he's a good choice. You just love Mike Burbigs. I just am. I love Mike Birbiglia I'm mad too. at you. <laughs> I'm mad at me too. I'm crushing this Mike Birbiglia. Um This is my SNL audition, by the way, guys. My favorite, my favorite piece of standup is when he's uh, of Mike Birbiglia's standup is when he's talking about having a tiny New York apartment and looking at mice and being like, "Where are you going to sleep?" <laughs> um, oh, he's so good. He grew up in the town next to me. Oh, yeah. Did I you know him? I yeah, he he was my driver's ed instructor. <laughs> In the story of life, is it Mike Birbiglia just everybody's driver's yeah. instructor? <laughs> okay, juror number nine, this is you. Joseph Sweeney, the old man. The only other one who believes juror number eight. For the reason that he's presenting himself. Yeah. Because he's like, heck. There could be reasonable doubt. I believe in this young whippersnapper. This gentleman has been standing alone against us. Now, he doesn't say the boy is not guilty. He just isn't sure. Well, it's not easy to stand alone against the ridicule of others. So he gambled for support. And I gave it to him. Okay, so I picked an old comedic actor. Henry Winkler. Nice. The fans. The fans. You know, Henry Winkler was one of the most famous people on planet Earth. Like in from like 1975 to 1984, he was like one of the top five most famous people on earth. The ubiquitousness of Arthur Fonzarelli. It's kind of it's kind of insane to think about now. But yeah, he was incredibly famous. And then he went on to do a lot of like bit parts and things like he's in Scream. I know as the principal. And now he's in one of my favorite comedies, Barry. Oh, yes. Dark comedy. Can't wait for that to come back. 
Um, and he's absolutely nailing it in a way that like if you if you look at Henry Winkler's Twitter, which I you do follow him, um, it's so wholesome. Like he will tweet things like going to go home and watch MacGyver tonight. <laughs> I think he means the new MacGyver, which he, is so sad. He's but. a shining light in what is basically a cesspool of, of Internet and I think regurgitation. Because you see that you're like, oh, he's just kind of out of the loop. But then he is so sharp and on the very precise comedy that goes into creating Barry that you're like, no, he's still got it. Yeah, he's great. And I'm I'm. Blanking on some of the dramas that he's in, but I just saw one recently that it, it like it wasn't while you were sleeping. That's not a con- that's not a drama. He was in something recently that I watched. I was like, wow, Henry Wrinkler is. Um, but I I I like that. I like that pick. That um, uh, sort of uh, I don't know. I can just sort of see him do it and just being someone who is. He's like, you know what? This guy stuck it stuck stuck his <laughs> neck out. He stuck his neck out to. You know, at the ire of, of gaining the ire of all these other men. Mm-hmm. And he's convinced me. So I think we should hear him out. I think, you know, he's making good points. Yeah. Um, And then he can get on a water ski and then just jump over the courthouse <laughs> when they walk down the stairs together. And they're the only two people who we ner- – what's weird is like we He's learned- like, hey, mister, what's your name? <laughs> what's your name? Davis. My name's McCarville. Juror 8 and Juror 9 are the only two whose names we learn. And then they say their names. I'm like, I don't care about your names. They One's say like their Davis. names and then stare at each other. And he's like, well, well, goodbye. <laughs> See you later. And then he gets on a jet ski and fucking jumps the courthouse. Um, great pick. Great pick. Thanks. Juror number 10, the bigoted one. Saw you. The only other guy who may be more angry than the angry one. Which this is huge because he's got the big – one of the best set pieces in a movie that takes place entirely in one room. I know. He – that moment where he he just says all Goes of off. his hate and prejudice and they all stand up and just turn away from him. I was like, we should show this to every single person, every child in school, every adult at work, every coffee shop, every family Thanksgiving. <laughs> Like, like Thanksgiving dinner can't start until we watch this scene from 12 Angry Men when an old white bigoted man starts saying that they're all the same. Yeah. Everyone gets up from the table and ignores them. It's a beautiful moment. Mm -hmm. Now, how do I cast a lovely comedian to fill this part? Now, I'll be honest. I had someone else in here. Mm -hmm. He is a comedic actor, but he does a lot of drama stuff. And I have a feeling that I'm going to need him in the future. Okay. So I replaced him with one of the angriest comedians I could think of. I cast Lewis Black. Mm, he's a very angry man. And I also think it's important that the person who plays this, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, like, you don't have to go out and find a racist to play a racist. Kind of, here's a little acting tip. <laughs> you don't actually have to be the person that you are playing this is in a movie. So. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't actually have to work for the Washington Post when you play a Washington Post reporter. Wait, is this movie about the Washington Post? <laughs> yes. Um, but I, I I, just sort of love knowing that like Lewis Black has made several appearances on The Daily Show back when mm-hmm. – uh, back when – back in back in my day when in I was – In its heyday. In its heyday and its peak. Yeah. <gasps> Maybe. 
Maybe. don't know. I don't watch it now because they took it off Hulu. I don't watch it. Um, and having that kind of knowing that he has that like cutting wit and sarcasm about, mm-hmm. you know, the world and, and society and politics. I was just like, I would love to put that kind of actor in this role because as an audience member, we know he doesn't think that. But, you know, delivered from that kind of performer, I think, is equally as powerful as being like, wow, like this is kind of cool watching like Lewis Black take this monologue and really just yeah. like sink into it because it's a teachable moment. Again, guys, I, this is how Thanksgiving's Thanksgiving's bar mitzvahs. Anytime you're around <laughs> extended family Easter egg hunts. Uh, um, yeah, just like coworker. Anytime you're in an awkward coworker, like HR department should just have this at the ready. Like yeah, what to do with your sex. Yeah. Water co- <laughs> yeah, what to do with your, your you know, MAGA hat coworker. This kid on trial here, he's, he's tight. Well, well, don't you know about them? There's a, there's a danger here. These people are dangerous. Listen to me. Listen to me. I have. Now sit down and don't open your mouth again. What to do with them? Stand up and turn your back. Turn your back. Turn your back on them. We don't need them. The opposite of how you handle grizzly bears. (laughs) (laughs) Um... No, I think I think that's a really smart choice because ultimately we have to be able to know like his his anger is a performance, um, but it's meant to emphasize the general frustration we all feel. Um, and so knowing that that's who he is, I think, is a great way to enter into the, yeah. this very pivotal moment. Uh, thank you. Although I didn't realize Louis Black is 70 years old. Is he really? Yeah. Dude, all my all my cast is like. Closer to 50 than 30, except for Gerard Carmichael. But it's cra- – yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Jim Carrey's 56. Really? Yeah. Wow. Anyways. Juror number 11. The foreign one. Uh, I really like this character. I really love that he is uh, – because I think this is a really lovely, unique perspective to bring into this scenario that there's uh, maybe a maybe naturalized American citizen or um, – uh, just, yeah, someone who wasn't born here or who has um, – is a first-generation immigrant and um, has a different perspective yeah. of why it's so important yeah. that we get a chance to meet together and have these conversations and that this is what America is all about. Please say Borat. <laughs> Not Sasha Baron Cohen. Borat. The character Borat. <laughs> um <laughs> Could you imagine him delivering that <laughs> monologue? Yes. <laughs> this I have always thought is a remarkable thing about democracy, that uh, that we are notified by mail to come down to this place to decide on the guilt or innocence of a man we, we have never heard of before. This is one of the reasons why we are strong. So I picked one of my favorite British comedians which being british honestly isn't that different from being american except you can see a doctor regularly without chopping off your left arm to pay for it um i picked richard iowati mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. oh the it crowd yep. of the mighty boosh of garth Marenghi's dark place yeah that's a good choice he is Biting and funny and has a very specific shtick that we all love about him. And I think he could give a very even but informed performance 
that would it would just be interesting to hear it from someone decidedly un-American about why it's why America's the best country in the world. Yeah. He's in Paddington too. I'm sold. <laughs> no, there was a movie that I remember seeing him. What was the one with um it's like Jonah Hill was it Jonah Hill and Ben the, Stiller? The Watch. Yeah, I I think that's a great pick. Someone who is like decidedly like like you said, being English is essentially being Canadian to me. Yeah. I feel like I can just go to your country and no one will stop me. I don't I don't need a passport. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. As an American, I can do whatever I want. But you know, it's like <clears throat> there's a familiarity to those countries, but you, like I love the spec- the specificity of like casting a British person who is brown mm-hmm. who does not look like quote unquote like He's yeah, he's he's British, but he's also got a sense of being other. Yeah, that's necessary. And I think I think that's a good pick because of that exact quality. Again, not to Tindercast, but it's like, yeah, like he might as well have been an American. But yet because of how he looks, people are going to like treat him like a terrorist or. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how racist people think. I am not a racist. It took us a year for me to finally decide (laughs) (laughs) that I'm not going to be racist. I was on the fence. I was weighing my options this whole time. But I've decided I'm not. (laughs) Okay. Wow. We got through eight of these wonderful jurors. Shall we decide where Barry Pepper goes? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so obviously we're limited mm-hmm. with where Barry Pepper can go. And I kept him within the jury because I think he'd be great in it. He's not yeah. a comedian that we know of. Right. So I made him the foreman, juror yeah. number one. Numero uno, the football coach. Yeah. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. I decided to take him off the jury because I just assumed all of these people would be played by comedians. So I made him the bailiff just so I could have him pop in and out. See, they're doing a good job. Did the bailiff just have the evidence next to him? Or is there a room no, where the like evidence goes is? goes to get it. Because he gets it pretty quick. Yeah. It's like, can we see the knife? Well, the courthouse like, can't be that big. It looked pretty big. <laughs> Do you see those steps? Well, that's definitive <clears throat> evidence. This courthouse is huge. <laughs> I don't have any notes on this movie other than uh, I would love to see kind of uh, – Okay, if you're looking for a straight-up comedic version of 12 Angry Men, again – Somehow subscribe to Comedy Central, blah, 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 and look – season three, episode one, Amy Schumer does a perfect – Is it Inside Amy Schumer on Hulu? Yeah. I had to find a weird roundabout way of watching Like I had mm. to watch it on Comedy Central. Mm. But wherever it is, wherever it may exist, yeah. season three, episode one, it's a perfect satire of this movie. But that's not what we're doing here. But in that regards, <laughs> I would definitely want to see like – I don't know if I'd want to see this remade, but I definitely would see this as like a play. For sure. Like you can put any uh, iteration of this cast together, which I think has been done yeah. through the years. And I would go see it because it's so impactful. Didn't they do uh, a Ladies 12 Angry Men? What? We don't have to call it Ladies 12 Angry Men. We can just call it 12, 12 Angry, angry men. Women. <laughs> we can just call it 12 Angry Men. I hate you. <laughs> Um, it was either this or Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross that they, they just did like a table read for. It was all females. That it was I really want, much, it was like, uh, when you say Allison Glenn Gary, 
Glenn Ross, I want to say that that's probably right. Because yeah. I vaguely remember hearing about that. Yeah. Um, I would see any version of this play, I think it, it would be wildly. I think this, because they remade this movie. And the only thing I remember is Tony Danza's in it. <laughs> and it is not good. Not because of Tony Danza, but just it's not. This this movie is really like. Is he. Who do you think he plays? The boss. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> uh, do you have any notes on this movie? Um, I just love, I feel like I have to point out how great the dialogue is because I just love the way people in the 50s at least were written to speak to each other. Like when he says, you think too much, you get mixed up. Yeah. When they're talking about like so, which one of them switched sides and I was like, uh, classic. Or uh, the I'll, ad agent guy, juror number 12. Yes. Oh, his like lines mm-hmm. where he he would say something he thought was funny and then sort of look. I mean, I bought it because he was very attractive, <laughs> but um, ain't that the way it goes? Some account exec will get up and he'll say, uh, OK, uh, here's an idea. Let's uh, run it up the flagpole and see if anyone salutes it. It's idiotic, but it's funny. Also, the guy's story, I think it's juror number three's story, where he's talking about how his son uh, walked away from a fight. He's like, I'm so embarrassed, I almost threw up. He's like, very 50s. Very macho. Very 50s. Yeah, everyone's too sensitive. Everyone's too sensitive. Everyone's too sensitive. Or uh, lots of, how do you like that? And I just kept thinking, like, all of these men are suffering from crippling depression (laughs) and anxiety. (laughs) All these men are literally trapped in a uh, version of masculinity that will slowly strangle hey, the you life. Promise. Of I'm sorry. You promise. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't help it. Okay. Would you remake this movie? I guess the answer is no. I sh- sure. I would re. I would remake it. I would watch it as a play. I would drink it as a smoothie. <laughs> I would. <laughs> You can't – you honestly can't, I think, hear this story enough. But yeah. this version is pretty iconic. Would you update it or would you keep it to this to the script? Given our current climate, 100% I would update it. Mm, okay. I think it would work just the same. All right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm 50-50. I would definitely love to see this performed live before I make any sort of I, – I, you're right. It, it, like it should be remade so everyone knows. But you could just play this version. This right. version serves and its purpose. And you still get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, guys, thanks for joining us on this week of The Boot. If you like this episode, please check out our other episodes. Please stay tuned next week. You know, we left out a couple other jurors, and if you have any ideas, hit us up online. Talk to us. Yeah, who needs to be in this movie? Who else did we miss? I mean, there's at least four other jurors and a judge. So, yeah, Kendall, where can the people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just give us a search. You can find us on social media at The Boot Podcast on Twitter and at Boot Podcast on Instagram. You can find us separately because Brian bought an identical switchblade to mine. And I'm pissed at Flimby and at Kendall. It was $6. Only $6? It was only $6. It's also illegal. <laughs> what an aggressive way to do that. Okay, that's it. We're done. Bye. am on Tuesday. Why am I up so early? Drive out to Santa Ana. Cause I've got jewelry today. No breakfast. Short temper. And I cut my head shaving. Ten miles out. I hit traffic. Some days just find work. Best of days But I wanna stop that
Chrissy 12 Angry Men. Yeah. Wouldn't you love to see like a remake of that? No. Shut up! <laughs>